1: We'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR, FM 101.9, or, of course, for live streaming, CITR.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have uh, quite a lineup this evening. Uh, We're going to do, first of all, as usual, we're going to start the show with our pre-planned jazz feature, but immediately after that, I have a very special guest uh, from uh, Montreal and uh, he he has produced, I believe this is his second album, uh, a really great and solid jazz album. And I'm going to be talking with uh, Sam Kiermaier and uh, he's going to tell you about a very important gig that's happening right here in Vancouver at Frankie's Jazz Club. So we're going to be doing that. And then we've got... A lot more music to play for you. Of course, everybody knows uh, if you have uh, been on the Internet today or Facebook or anything like that, you know it's John Coltrane's birthday. Um, And, of course, we'll be playing some of Train's music. But there were some other people that were born today, too, uh, important uh, people like uh, tenor saxophonist Frank Foster and um, Ray Charles. Uh, and uh, I imagine a few million other people were born today as well, but uh, anyway, some very important musical icons. On this day, which is actually the first day of fall, and um, uh, the the uh, fall equinox, that's why Coltrane wrote that tune called Equinox. I believe it was named for this time of year. However, we have uh, to open the show, RJS Feature Artist, and he is one of those people that everybody, every saxophone player that I know, talks about as being one of their favorites. And some very important people talked about him too. People like John Coltrane, as an example, or James Moody, uh, or Stan Getz, or Johnny Griffin, or Dexter Gordon, Zoot Sims, they all said that Sonny Stitt was at the top of their list as a favorite saxophone player. And yet, today, when people talk about the, uh, about the saxophone, they talk about all these other guys, and they, they don't mention Sonny Stitt. And it's always been a puzzlement to me um, because uh, he he uh, his musical ability on both alto and tenor saxophone, and early in his career he also picked up the baritone saxophone. And had he stuck with that, he he would have become a major player on that instrument as well. Uh, Sonny Stitt has just just represented uh, so much that was uh, good and creative about playing the saxophone, and. Interestingly enough, uh, he was born in Boston in 1924 and passed away at the age of 58 in uh, 1982 uh, from cancer, and we lost one of the great voices of uh, of the saxophone. Sonny Stitt uh, always claimed, he, he started early in music, um, and he... Uh, always claimed that he came upon his uh, unique style on the alto saxophone before hearing Charlie Parker. He was subject to the same influences as Charlie Parker, but he developed um, a similar concept in, in certain aspects of it. But um, they're very, very far apart. You can anybody with a set of ears can tell the difference between Sonny Stitt and Charlie Parker on the alto saxophone, um, and especially um, from their rhythmic concept. And uh, that's a little harder to define, um, I think, for uh, a non-musician what's a rhythmic concept? <laughs> it's It would take all, all night to sort of uh, get into that. But there is a difference. And um, uh, unfortunately, Sonny Stitt got hung with the tag of being a Charlie Parker clone, which he really wasn't. But uh, that... Um, didn't make him very happy. But of course, he still had the immense respect of some of the greatest musicians in jazz, and they hired him, people like Dizzy Gillespie and so on and so forth. Um, In the late 40s, after a a bit of a downfall, uh, Sonny Stitt um, picked up the tenor saxophone and started playing that as well and developed a slightly different concept on the tenor, And uh, developed, in other words, um, he had a personality for his alto, which was very definable, and a personality for his tenor saxophone, which was also very definable. And, uh, of course, he became a, um, played both instruments uh, extensively throughout the rest of his career. Sonny Stitt was a lone wolf. He he wasn't really a joiner. Um, He he preferred to uh, work in a quartet setting. Um, except he did hook up with one of his best buddies um, in a band led by tenor saxophonist Gene Ammons. And uh, the Ammons and Stitt um, tenor tag team match um, played off and on right up to uh, Ammons' death in 1974. And those recordings that they made together brought out the best in both of those musicians because they loved one another, and, and they played off uh, one another. But most of the time, Sonny Stitt um, liked to play with a quartet, piano, bass, and drums, um, and when he didn't have a band together, he booked himself throughout the country and picked up rhythm sections in different towns because there's musicians everywhere, good musicians, and Stitt would know where they were. He'd go to some smaller city and, and pick up the local guys and play with them, play the gig. Um, he did briefly join Miles Davis's quintet after John Coltrane left, but he didn't stay very long. Um, they did make some recordings that uh, weren't domestically produced, but uh, he did a tour of Europe with Miles, and, and those recordings have, have surfaced, and he sounded great with, uh, with Miles. But um, it wasn't until the early 70s that he joined an all-star band called The Giants of Jazz. And they performed for about two years all over Europe and all over North America. And the people in that band, Dizzy Gillespie on trumpet, um, Thelonious Monk on piano, uh, Al McKibben on bass, um, Kay Winding on trombone, and the great Art Blakey on drums, and of course, Mr. Sonny Stitt on alto and tenor saxophone. And uh, that kept him busy for a, a couple of years. And it was after that band uh, broke up and all the tours uh, were all over that he went into the studio and recorded this album, which is considered one of his very finest. Um, he recorded it in February the 8th, 1972, a few days after his birthday. And uh, he is in rare form on this and performs with a hand-picked rhythm section. He picked the guys and... Um, Played all of his favorite tunes uh, that he liked to do. Sonny Stitt made more, uh, issued, had more records issued under his name than just about any other musician in his day. And I think to an extent, maybe that's why people took him for granted because uh, most of his uh, albums, um, unless he recorded with a big band or strings or something like that, most of his albums were rather casual affairs. In other words, he he would simply go into the recording studio with a good rhythm section and say, "Okay, we're going to play a few blues, we're going to play mostly some standards um and, um and play a few tunes based on Gershwin's "I got rhythm and, and that's it and uh we're we're going to just play maybe one or two takes of each uh and that's and and make a record. So he did a lot of these kind of recordings, and that that may be the reason why uh, perhaps he was uh, overlooked a little bit. I don't know. Maybe people took him for granted. Anyway, this is a great recording, and I'm proud to present it uh, as our jazz feature this evening. It came out initially on a small label called Cobblestone, and it was produced by redoubtable Don Schlitten, a great producer. And the album is called Tune Up. Tune Up is a tune that actually has been attributed to Miles Davis, and he didn't write it. <laughs> this uh, um, happened on a few things. Actually, it was, re- it was written by um, a blues singer and alto saxophonist, really uh, an amazing musician named Eddie Cleanhead Vincent. And somehow Miles Davis appropriated the tune, perhaps because he recorded maybe the first definitive version of the tune and he felt that he could uh, register it. Who knows? Anyway, um, Vincent wrote, and that's the title track of the album, Tune Up. And it's a first cousin of, uh, in a way, it's uh, usually played, and it is played here as as an up-tempo. And it's kind of a first cousin of uh, Coltrane's giant steps. And um, it's an interesting linear kind of a tune. Um, that's the name of the album, and the, the people that Sonny Stitt picked for this recording, uh, Barry Harris on piano, the great Barry Harris who was still alive, um, and the great Sam Jones on bass, and one of the finest drummers in the world, originally from Boston, Alan Dawson. And this um, Cadillac Rhythm Sections back up Sonny Stitt, and he is playing both alto and tenor saxophone on this date. The tunes, uh, once again, uh, we'll run them down. The first tune is Tune Up, as I mentioned. Second tune is um, uh, a great ballad that uh, everyone has played at one time or another called I Can't Get Started With You. Tune number three is a favorite, not played Very much today, but it's got some pretty hip chord changes. It's a standard tune, it's called Idaho. And we go from there to another great standard tune, Just Friends. And then we go to the blues. And of course, Sonny Stitt put this together and he dedicated it to his two peers and his favorite saxophone players. And he calls it Blues for Prez and Bird. And of course, he's referring to Lester Young and Charlie Parker. The next tune after that is a Dizzy Gillespie standard that he wrote uh, as a young man during his first years as being a pioneer of modern jazz. And the tune is Groovin' High. And the final tune is a piece de resistance. It's based on I Got Rhythm, and Sonny Stitt plays both alto and tenor on this and just um, takes the tune apart. And <laughs> it, you'll never hear it the same way after you hear his version of this. So that's the lineup. This, that's the album. Uh, and we, we're going to get right into it um, right now. And this is Sonny Stitt on alto and tenor saxophone, Barry Harris on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Alan Dawson on drums. And we open with tune-up.
0: No, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll <laughs> be
1: So what can you say about Sonny Stitt, one of the finest tenor saxophonists and alto saxophonists to grace the planet, and so fluid in his concept and so clear in his ideas. I hope you enjoyed this album. I'm sure you did. Um, And it is considered by many to be one of Sonny Stitt's finest recordings. Um, And he did a lot of them, by the way. Uh, But this one ranks very high in the uh, in the esteem of uh, Sonny Stitt. We heard Mr. Stitt on alto and tenor saxophone, Barry Harris on piano, kind of a Cadillac rhythm section, Sam Jones on bass, and the great Alan Dawson on drums, all recorded February 8, 1972, and uh, originally released on a small independent label called Cobblestone, and, of course, has been reissued many times on on different uh, uh, labels. The tunes, uh, we heard the first, the, the title track, of course, a tune attributed to Miles Davis, but written by Eddie Cleanhead, Vincent, Stitt loved to play this tune, and, of course, it's called Tune Up, so that opened the set on a very high level. Then we moved to the ballad, uh, of the set and Sonny Stitt doing the classic I Can't Get Started With You and then we move to uh, a great uh, not often played today standard uh, called Idaho. I get dedicated to that uh, noble state and um, then another uh, often played standard uh, called Just Friends. Then we moved to the blues dedicated to two of Stitt's idols Lester Young and Charlie Parker and he called it Blues for Prez and Bird and then we moved to a Dizzy Gillespie classic written in the early 40s called Groovin' High and the final tune of course was uh, Sonny Stitt uh, playing everything possible on uh, George Gershwin's I Got Rhythm including a nice reprise at the end when he slowed everything down and just played the melody of the tune yes, Mr. Sonny Stitt our jazz feature artist this evening. And we hope you enjoyed that uh, uh, specific feature. And just to remind you that uh, my name's Gavin Walker, and this is radio station CITR, FM 101.9, or for live streaming, CITR.ca. Now, coming up now, is a very special guest who has um, got off one of our uh, <laughs> fine BC ferries. Um, he had been playing over in Victoria at uh, Herman's and extremely fine guitarist, and he's got a uh, wonderful recording out. He's here with his uh, band, and we'll be talking with Sam Kiermile. Welcome to The Jazz Show. Sam, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're most welcome. And, uh, and thanks for making it all out, uh, all the way out to the studio and everything. How was the ferry ride? Yeah, it was nice. We played cards on the ferry on the way across. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you see any orca whales or anything Not like that? Not this time. No, the, yeah. weather, the weather wasn't yeah, so Yeah, it good. wasn't so great. Yeah. You've been out here before, though, have you? I have.
2: I was out here for the first time in May 2018 with a quartet, and we did a few gigs around uh-huh. on the island, and we played Frankie's as well. Cool. And, uh, yes, this is my, my second time
1: here. Your second time here with this uh, marvelous trio. So tell me about the trio. How, 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 how did they this is uh, Sam's latest album. It's called High and Low, and uh, it's issued on— Corey Weed's label, the Seller Live label, and it is easily available, of course, and uh, for sale, too. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure I'm sure you'll have a few thousand copies down at... Uh, you're playing at Frankie's this Wednesday, right? We are, yeah. Yeah. And it's the same band that's on the that's recording, right? right? So... Um, the concept of this record, uh, as I, we, we were talking off mic a little earlier, reminded me a little bit of the uh, uh, Larry Young, Grant Green recordings that they were done for Blue Note Records. Was it sort of a, an inspiration on this? Yeah, that's definitely an inspiration for me. I mean,
2: Grant Green is one of my biggest influences, and uh, particularly that trio. There's so many great records they did. And I was kind of writing music and, and picking music for this record, and I felt like you can kind of go two ways. You could either go really into the organ bag or kind of try to take tunes that you might not normally do in that format and, and do them. And I tried to maybe go more on that side of things, which I think ends up being kind of in that Larry
1: Young territory in mm-hmm. a lot of ways.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because the, the, there's such a variety of tunes, and, and the standards you picked on here are are, are really really nice. They're they're very well selected. Oh thanks. I imagine they were thought through. Yeah, yeah. I put some thought into it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Grant Green is one of your great inspirations.
2: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You, you have other favorites? Wes Montgomery for sure. huh. Kenny Burrell. Yeah. Um Jim Hall. Peter Bernstein is another one. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Actually I came across ben patterson who plays organ on this record because he had put out a record with peter and also he'd been working with bobby broom and ed cherry who are two other guitar players that i'm really listen to and really love they're playing a lot so um yeah it was kind of a, a great thing that I, I had been listening to him and then found out that a friend of mine had played with him a little bit in new york and had his phone number so i just called him up and he was into doing the session And uh, Dave Lang, who plays drums on the record, is somebody that I've been learning from and playing with for for a couple years in Montreal. And even when I first started playing, he was uh, one of the people in town that I would look up to and and think this this is kind of exactly what it's supposed to sound like. And I really wanted to get to play with him. So it's been great having that opportunity. And then he played on my first CD as well. And then to continue
1: working together has been really a great experience.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Well, Dave is is one of the mainstays and has been for many years. Mm-hmm. He's the veteran of the Montreal that's right jazz scene. Yeah. Without aging him, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not. A, uh, yeah, he's he he hasn't reached the uh, the age of uh, Norman Marshall Villeneuve yet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, I this uh, well, we should hear a track on this recording. You, you have. Uh, you you picked one um, by another great drummer, composer, and mainstay of the Montreal jazz scene, Andre White. That's did, right, yeah. did you study with Andre? I did, uh, yeah.
2: In my last year when I was at McGill, I, I took some lessons with Andre, and then I've played with him quite a bit actually over the last couple of years. I just um, We actually just finished this jam session that we were hosting for the last three years, just got just got canceled, but for the last year that we were doing that, Andre was playing with us on piano, so we were playing with him every week, and we played some of his music and some of my music. So, Andre, as a, as a musician, as a person, and as a composer, he's really a big inspiration. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was cool to get to put one of
1: his tunes on the record. I'm old enough to know his dad or have known his right. dad, Keith. Yeah. Uh, amazing, mm. but uh, yeah, Andre is definitely a, a very important part of the Montreal scene. It, it is funny, being way out in Vancouver, Canada being, that's, you know, the Rockies being kind of a barrier. A lot of people don't know um, about the scene in Montreal. It's it's varied, and there's some great musicians. And I've mentioned names to people, and they go, oh, never heard of this guy before. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I exposed a friend of mine to uh, um, the saxophone playing of Yannick Rue. Oh, yeah. And the uh, guy's, whoa, you know? I said, well, then he's, you know, French-Canadian, right? right. And then and he's based in, in, in Montreal, so he's not heard that often. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, well, it's a big country, and that's what happens, unfortunately. But I'm glad you're here. That's, that's great. Yeah, so we should hear um, this tune. Um, I thought it was written for uh, uh, Joe Farnsworth, who was a great drummer. Mm-hmm. but it, it, it's for someone else, right? Yeah, it's for the inventor of the TV. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, all right. Well, this is an Andre White composition, and of course, as uh, Sam mentioned, in the band is uh, Sam Kiermeyer on guitar, Ben Patterson on Hammond organ, and Dave Lang on drums. And this is a track from Sam's album on the Cellar Live label High and Low. And this is Farnsworth. Well that is an impressive trio. Thanks. Oh <laughs> uh, really. Um this this is a very, very good recording. I mean it, it's very consistent throughout. Um you know, there's there's really no uh, definitely no dead spots. All the tunes have you know, are all saying something. Mm. In my humble es- estimation. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> all, right, all right. Um one thing um, and I'm not saying that because you said, you know, you have a gun pointed at me either. <laughs> <you know. laughs> but uh, tell us about the gig here in Vancouver.
2: Yeah, on Wednesday night uh, mm-hmm. we're playing at Frankie's. I believe the show starts at eight, and we'll be playing a lot of music from the CD, um, some other tunes as well. We've been working up some new material over the last couple of gigs on Vancouver Island, mm-hmm. so um, it's a good chance to come out and hear that. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's exciting for me particularly because it's it's not all the time that you're able to get the same band that was on the record to go out and do the tour, and this time everybody was available and, and into doing
1: it, so it's pretty exciting to be doing that. That's very true because, you know, I've had people on the show that have exactly exactly what you said, you know, they, uh, and then you have to say, well, it's not the band. You know, let's hear some of your music, but uh, none of these people are... Right yeah or on the gig with you, but uh you know in this case
2: that's it. what yeah. you
1: hear is what you get that's it, yeah. or what you're gonna get mm-hmm. if you go to frankie's right yeah well that's that's uh yeah. so you do you have any um you do have more gigs to play uh on 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 your tour do you have any further plans with with this particular group um for now, we're
2: just getting through the next i think we have um 10 gigs left to do on this tour we're working our way back back east and we're finishing off in montreal mm-hmm. we've got about 11 or 12 days left but um so i'm just kind of fo- staying focused on that for now but obviously we've been having so much fun playing and we made, we first recorded together we first played together and recorded together in september of 2017 then with the record came out we did some touring in the fall of 2018 and now we're here doing this a year later, so it's becoming kind of like an annual thing. So hopefully there's a way we can keep that going in some yeah. form and, and keep playing together.
1: Well, yeah, because the, the group has such um, cohesion, and mm, uh, it, it really is. Um, yeah, you really don't need anyone else. This is like a, an orchestra in itself. Yeah, well, the organ trio format is,
2: is kind of unique in that way that there's such a range that you can have with, with three Musicians, mm-hmm. so certainly compared to a guitar trio with a bass player instead, it's which is great in its own right. But the organ trio is more orchestral, I guess, as you're saying.
1: Exactly, and, and Ben gets such a, a great sound out of yeah, the organ he's, he's as really, well. You know, yeah, it just isn't uh, you know um, funkified stuff. You know, every tune, it's it, it's such a uh, plays with such a range. Mm-hmm. You know, well, much like somebody like Larry Young was such an inspiration mm-hmm. because he did, he did that stuff as well right you know so this is a standard tune we're going to listen to um it's been done by uh, several people but it it's it really is um a marvelous uh, a standard tune and of course it's on a clear day you can see forever so once again, um, my guest Sam Kiermaier on guitar, Ben Patterson on organ, and Dave Lang on drums. And the album is called High and Low, and it's available on the Cellar Live series. And you can, uh, you can Google that and um, get this album. Or better still, go down and catch this band live at, uh, at Frankie's this Wednesday starting at 8 o'clock right? That's right. Yeah. And you, you expect lineups, crowds. We hope, yeah. Good. All right. We're going to hear on a clear day. Ah Yes, a tried and true standard, but not one that's been overplayed either. I I like that uh, version. Just a nice tempo as well. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, now you're off to uh, a jam session tonight, so. Yeah. um, We're just going to wrap things up. But uh, once again, you're at Frankie's. Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah this great trio.
2: Ben Patterson on organ and Dave Lang
1: on drums. Mm -hmm. And that's who you just heard. Well, it's been a a great pleasure having you out here. Um, We'll have to, uh, hopefully we can get together. Uh, I'm going to try and make it down to hear you guys live. Oh, that'd uh, be great. Yeah. And uh, catch what you're up to. so, you're finishing off your tour in Montreal. You're going to like Calgary and yeah, Edmonton? Yeah,
2: we, we've got Salmon Arm, Calgary, Edmonton, uh, Regina, Winnipeg, Toronto, Kitchener, and then oh. we're back in Montreal. Cool.
1: All right. And um, we're in Montreal. At, uh, six, we're playing at Diazons uh,
2: as part yeah, of the, the off d- festival. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. My fractured French. <laughs> you're bilingual, though, I'm sure. I do my best. Yeah, yeah. Most people are you know it's really it's really interesting uh, when I, anytime I go to Montreal which is where where I'm originally from um, it's interesting to hear um, the languages mm. uh, people switch between English and French and then maybe talk to their kids in Italian right or 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 some other language right mm-hmm. you know just just boom 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 right you know, it's it's quite amazing you don't uh, you know we we live in a very multicultural city here in Vancouver but you don't see that that often Mm. in Montreal it's it's quite it's quite unique yeah Mm. anyway good luck on your tour good luck at Frankie's and uh thank you so much for venturing all the way out here and finding your way around the uh UBC construction zone right
2: well thanks so much for having me great Uh, talking
1: with you all right Sam you take care and uh Hopefully we'll see you on Wednesday. And we're going to close um, this uh, portion uh, with the title track from Sam's album. Once again, it's called High and Low, and it was issued on the Seller uh, Live label. And uh, the people involved here, of course, uh, as we've mentioned, Sam Kiermeyer on guitar, Ben Patterson on Hammond Organ, and Dave Lang on drums. This is the title track written by Sam Kiermeyer. It's called High and Low. A nice introspective piece of music to end our set to, as a tribute to um, my guest, who has just gone off to uh, join the uh, jam session down at uh, Pat's Pub, uh, put on by Sharon Minamoto and company, Sam Kiermeyer. And uh, Sam, of course, is from Montreal, and uh, he was my guest on the show with his. Wonderful trio with Ben Patterson on the Hammett organ and Dave Lang on drums. And we heard two tunes to uh, close the set. The title track, uh, written by Sam, called High and Low, and uh, the introspective ballad, again written by Sam Kiermaier, called Recurrence. And um, all of those tracks are part of this wonderful album called High and Low and it's available on the Cellar Live series. And uh, it's a marvelous, uh, marvelous album. And as I mentioned, uh, Sam mentioned, they'll be playing this Wednesday at Frankie's Jazz Club, the very same band that you heard on this recording. will be playing at Frankie's, and Frankie's, of course, is located down on Beatty Street, right across the street from B.C. Place, and Frankie's is one of... Vancouver's leading jazz clubs, and that's where Sam Kiermeyer and company will be this coming Wednesday. We are going to continue our music in a very few moments. You are listening to the jazz show on CITR, FM 101.9, or for live streaming www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and right after these uh, important messages, we shall return and carry on. (laughs) As soon as I can get these messages up here. Uh Although we can start with one right now. And it's always important to know what the weather's gonna be, right? the old weather. Well, it is the first day of fall, and uh, the uh, fall equinox and all that kind of stuff. And of course, we're getting rain. And I guess this is uh, foreshadowing uh, what we get every year right here in Vancouver. And of course, uh, rain is supposed to uh, dissipate this evening, and then it's going to be mainly cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower. So a little bit uh, of... um, Reduction and um, a little bit windy as well with a low of 12. Then tomorrow is going to be a mix of sun and cloud with some rain in the morning, 40% chance of shower in the morning, and then just becoming a mix of sun and cloud tomorrow. Not a bad day uh, with a low of 12 and a high of 18. Then cloudy on Wednesday with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 12 and a high of 16. On Thursday, sunny of all things, and windy as well, with a low of 10 and a high of 15, and then not bad for Friday either, a mix of sun and cloud with a 40% chance of a a shower, that's not much, with a low of 9, high of 14, and then Saturday and Sunday, sunny both days, with uh, lows down between 7 and 8, and highs up to about 15, so actually not too, too bad. I'd just like to mention um, two websites that uh, are very important in terms of uh, following the jazz scene in Vancouver. And one of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And, of course, they have uh, concerts that they produce um, over the course of the year and, of course, uh, the, the big jazz festival every year. But they don't stop working after jazz festival. They, they, they actually start working because they're already planning for next year's. And uh, as I said, uh, and, and of course, uh, produ- the, producing their own concerts as well. But they have a very comprehensive website, and that's the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues. They also, uh, on that particular uh, comprehensive website, they have the schedule at Frankie's Jazz Club. So if there are people that you want to hear there, you can access that very easily on this website. And you can make reservations and do all that kind of stuff um, just right from the comfort of home and your computer. And uh, you can pick out who you want to hear and so on and so forth. And Frankie's, of course, is uh, one of Vancouver's leading jazz clubs. So all of that is available on the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's coastaljazz.ca. The other Fine website is one put together by my old friend, Brian Nation. That's a good website, too. That's VancouverJazz.com. That, again, is a comprehensive website, and there's all kinds of interesting links on there. And if you're unfamiliar with uh, Vancouver's jazz community, this is a good way to get to know people um, on that uh, community uh, or it, within that community, and uh, check out that website. Okay. Now, we're going to have an interview with someone who was born today. And, of course, if you're on Facebook or Twitter or any of the uh, uh, Internet uh, stuff, you know that today is not only the first day of fall, but it's also John Coltrane's birthday uh, Coltrane being one of the most important uh, musicians that uh, America has ever produced, and throughout his short life, became one of the most recorded of all musicians. They we're uh, all looking forward to a um, previously unknown Coltrane album coming out next week. Um that nobody knew about again another one uh, there was one about a year ago that we actually featured on the show and uh, there is going to be a new one which is coming out next week which uh, was part of a soundtrack that uh, Coltrane made for a French Canadian film and uh, nobody knew about this uh, but they we're all going to know about it uh, next week when it comes out officially It's going to be quite an album. And, of course, anything by Coltrane is important. But he was born today in 1926. And we're going to play some music as a tribute to John Coltrane. Now, he recorded so prolifically. The first thing I'm going to play for you is an interview. Uh, It's a rather famous interview. It was done... Uh, between sets when Coltrane was in Europe um, and on his last go-around with Miles Davis before he left Miles' band for good. And uh, he did this, he had had agreed reluctantly to do this European tour. Uh, And um, just about everything from this tour has, has come out on recordings. And Columbia just issued a wonderful set called Miles and John Coltrane, the final tour and um, on this uh, set is this interview that uh, Coltrane did between one of the shows uh, with Miles and the interviewer is a young man named uh, Carl Lundgren and he talks to John Coltrane and and, um, he's John was, was um, not one of those people that, was, uh, uh, that, that, that talked a lot. Uh, he let the music speak for itself, but um, he certainly was uh, uh, always a distinguished I- interview and always had something important to say. And so before we play any of his music, I'm going to play you the complete interview um, that Coltrane did with uh, uh, Carl Lundgren and uh, then we're going to hear some magnificent music by his classic quartet in honor of John Coltrane. So first, the interview.
3: Well, it's a pleasure and an honor to have John Coltrane in front of our microphone here. And John, i got to be abrupt with you, I gotta say, like this, that uh, your playing has been turned on like, unbeautiful, on just about everything you can think of. And uh, since the uh, playing mirrors the personality, I guess you have some, some uh, personal thoughts of that kind to say.
4: Uh, well, uh, let me follow you again. Uh, you said my playing has on what?
3: I didn't say that. I said, though, what the critics
4: said. Say, oh, well, they uh, seem to think that it's an angry sort of a thing. Is real. Some of them do. I don't know. But do the critics feel, here.
3: Do you feel angry?
4: No, I don't. Uh, I was talking to a uh, fellow today, and I told him that uh, the reason I play so many, so many, uh, it sounds, maybe it sounds angry because I'm, I'm trying so many things at one time, you see. Like, I, I, I haven't sorted them out. I have a whole bag of things that I'm trying to work through and get the one essential, you know. Uh, and would, you say, just... would
3: you say that you're trying to play
4: everything you hear at well, one
3: time or something like that?
4: N- no, there, there are some set things that I know, some devices that I know, harmonic devices that I know that will uh, take me out of the ordinary path, you see, if I use these. But I haven't played them... Enough, and I'm not familiar with them enough yet to take the one single line through them. So I play all of them, you know, trying to uh, acclimate my ear so I can hear, you know. Uh,
3: in the uh, album liners of your latest LP, that was the Giant Steps LP, which we have played quite a lot on this show, uh, you claim that you were trying to to get a, a as I understood it, a, a more beautiful sound.
4: I hope with that? Well, I, I hope to play uh, not necessarily a more beautiful sound, though I, I would like to, uh, you know, just say tone-wise, I would like to be able to, to produce a more beautiful sound. But now I'm primarily interested in trying to work what I have, what I know, down into a more lyrical line, you know. That's what I mean by beautiful, by more lyrical, so to be, you know, it's easy, so th- easily understood.
3: I'm sure our listeners are, as they are mainly collectors of training records, I, I'm sure they'd like to hear you uh, express one thought of, of uh, what you think is, is uh, listenable among your whole production.
4: Oh, you mean of the albums that yes. I made? Oh, I, I like Blue Train uh, myself. I figured you would <laughs> such a I good figured. band on there, you know. That's real, yeah, That's real yeah, yeah. Dangerous album, man. Yeah, and uh, the, it was a good recording. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, How do you feel about this last uh, quartet recording here, the giant Steps? I think
4: that was my best quartet recording so far. With
3: you the exception like of it?
4: maybe Soul Train, I'd put them both about mm-hmm. the same.
3: How would you say uh, working with Miles Davis has influenced you stylistically?
4: well uh it's it has uh, led me into most of the things that i'm doing now you know
3: yes i'd uh made your stronghold on you in that matter i mean he made you play the way you do or you uh, you uh, got a chance to play like well you i've do. been
4: free i've been so free here you know that uh almost anything i want to try is I'm welcome to do it, you know. So that's uh, the freedom has helped me. I heard to you were splitting experiment.
3: the Miles Quintet here, and I'm trying something on your own. Yes, I am. How's that?
4: With uh, whom? Uh, I, haven't, I have I uh, have several men in mind, but I haven't selected the side men yet. You know? I'm going to Would you feel with like working with uh, a-, a quartet? Yeah, to begin with, and maybe in uh, several weeks after I start, I might add a fifth man.
3: John, uh, which tenor players do you think have influenced you if any at all?
4: All of them. <laughs> I would say all of them. But uh do
3: you have a personal favorite? I mean like you put on a record when you were at home and relaxing
4: and so on. Well, Sonny Rollins is uh, I think he's outstanding tenor man today, you yeah. know. That is that's exactly usually. what
3: Sonny Ram <laughs> told me on this show about you. So it yeah, seems know, to my be a mutual admiration society yeah,
4: well, here. He's uh, he's he's great. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, in the formative days, well, like years good. ago, it was Dexter Gordon that uh, mm-hmm. actually was. I well, mean, you do you,
3: you do have a strong feeling for tradition, haven't you?
4: I guess so. I mean, I would like to even make it stronger. Oh. You know, I like to. Strengthen my roots, so to say, yeah. you know, because uh, I didn't start at the beginning, and there's a whole lot back there. There's, you know, that all young musicians. Do should you have. Uh,
3: privately? I mean, when you're listening, you go back there. I mean, just just on your own account and listen.
4: Well, I don't have many records in that era now, but I do plan to get them. I, I, I plan to include that in my repertoire. You know, all these old traditional things. So you got an but open I. Mind, I've been trying recently to uh, search myself, you know, and try to find things that are uh, reminiscent that sound like those things, but I'm really going to do some work on that soon.
3: Well, John, it seems like you're on with the Maestro's oh. Quintet here, and and thank you very much for j- taking the time and dropping
4: in on this You're welcome. Show. Thank you very much. Enjoy. It. A
1: short interview with... Uh, John Coltrane. We're celebrating his birthday anniversary today, and of course, this uh, giant of a musician. We're going to move now to uh, some performances by his classic quartet, beginning with a personal favorite of mine. Uh, It's the title track from his album, Crescent. And we're going to begin the set with that, and then we're going to go to some concert recordings of Coltrane's with his, uh, with his classic quartet. And the people involved here, uh, of course, are uh, John Coltrane on tenor saxophone, McCoy Tyner at the piano, Jimmy Garrison on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. And we're going to open the set with um, this piece, with this amazing solo here, that opens this album, and uh, this is one of my favorite Coltrane albums, which came out on Impulse Records. The album is called Crescent, and this is the title track from that. Then we're going to move to a concert uh, concert hall um, in Berlin, recorded in November of 1963, and we're going to hear three pieces from this concert. The first, after we hear Crescent, we're going to hear a piece called Lonnie's Lament. And that's on the Crescent album. But strangely enough, John Coltrane only plays the beautiful melody of that piece. Uh, He doesn't solo uh, extensively on the studio piece. But in this concert recording, he does both. And it's an amazing rendition of one of my favorite John Coltrane compositions called Lonnie's Lament. So we're going to hear Crescent, Lonnie's Lament. Following Lonnie's Lament is Coltrane's very beautiful ballad that he wrote for his first wife. And, of course, that is Naima. And the final tune is an up-tempo blues, Coltrane style. Called Chasen the Train. So basically, we're going to hear four compositions by John Coltrane and his classic quartet as a tribute to this great man. And we begin with Crescent. <laughs> tribute this evening to John Coltrane born today in 1926 and of course passed away in 1967 he was only 40 years old but uh, he did so much accomplished so much and of course um, recorded uh, prolifically uh, just about every phase of his development is uh, available on records But we focused on his classic quartet. Uh, We first heard a brief interview um, with Coltrane. And then we moved to the title track from one of my favorite studio albums by John Coltrane. That's the album called Crescent. And we heard the the title track with his classic quartet, Crescent being his composition, of course, with uh, McCoy Tyner at the piano. Jimmy Garrison on bass, and the great Elvin Jones on drums. And then we moved to three concert pieces recorded in November of 1963 in Germany. And we heard uh, the first piece of music was a beautiful version of Lonnie's Lament, one of my all-time favorite John Coltrane compositions. And interestingly enough, the studio version of Lonnie's Lament Coltrane only plays the melody and doesn't solo. um, Plays the melody straight through. um, But on this version that we heard, this concert version, he, he takes a long, exploratory solo on the piece. And of course, it also featured a great piano solo by McCoy Tyner, Lonnie's Lament. Then we move to one of his most famous ballads dedicated to his first wife, and this one, of course, was Naima. And we ended with uh, a very fast, up-tempo blues, just with Coltrane, Jimmy Garrison on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. And that was, of course, his um, famous blues, a short version of Chasing the Train. So our tribute to this great musician, and we heard some fine examples Um, of music by his greatest accomplishment musically was his classic quartet, John Coltrane, like no other. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, um, on your computer for live streaming, www.citr.ca. And we shall... (laughs) Whoa, what was that? Ah, yeah, something from outer space. Um, We'll be back in a moment right after a couple of announcements.
0: Have you ever thought about going abroad to study, work, volunteer, or learn a new language? Mark Sunday, September 29th in your calendar and get down to the East Building of the Vancouver Convention Center to find out how. All the experts under one roof, top universities, gap year specialists, and student travel organizations. Feature seminar on scholarship starts at 12 noon and expo opens at 1pm. Admission is free. Check online at www.studyandgoabroad.com for more info.
1: All right, we are back. We're going to hear some music a little different now by composer Mel Waldron. And, of course, Mel Waldron uh, was associated with John Coltrane on on many recordings done back in the 50s. And, of course, he's one of the great um, pianist composers. We're going to hear a few pieces from this uh, marvelous album, which was recorded in 1987 in Belgium. And uh, the first, the, the basic trio that Mel is working with here is uh, Mel, of course, Mel Waldron on piano with uh, Reginald Workman on bass and Andrew Cyril on drums. And the first piece is augmented by the alto saxophone of Steve Coleman. And this is a Mel Waldron composition dedicated to some young lady, and it's called Judy. Then we're going to hear a trio piece, which I like very much. It reminds me of a monk tune, uh, but played it was definitely a Mel Waldron tune, but it just it's reminiscent of a monk tune. And it's called "spaces." Then we're going to hear um, a solo piano version of one of Mel's compositions called D's Dilemma. And we're going to finish with the trio with uh, Reginald Workman and Andrew Cyril and guest Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone for uh, the final Mel Waldron composition called The Get-Go. So we begin the set with Mel Waldron, his trio, and... uh, this piece of music with Steve Coleman on alto called Judy. Some great music by pianist Mel Waldron. Very, very distinctive player. And of course, uh, along with some wonderful people here, the basic rhythm section uh, backing Mel was a Reginald Workman on bass and the great Andrew Cyrille on drums. And all of this was recorded uh, in August of 1997 in Antwerp in Belgium. The first piece of music had a guest And that guest was Steve Coleman on alto saxophone. And the tune was Mel's own compositions, as all of them were. Uh, The tune was called Judy. And um, then a trio piece um, by Mel, which was very, um, to my ears anyway, very monk-like. And uh, it was a blues, and it was entitled Spaces. Then we heard a solo uh, piano version of one of his more famous earlier compositions called D's Dilemma. And then finally, Joe Henderson was added, the great Joe Henderson was added to the uh, trio. And we heard the final piece was called The Get-Go, Joe Henderson with Mel Waldron, Reginald Workman, and Andrew Cyril. So these uh, four pieces from this uh, marvelous album recorded in Antwerp called Soul Eyes, and I believe it was only issued in Japan. Very, very fine album. You know, another great saxophone player is having a birthday today. Um, We did pay tribute to John Coltrane, but this guy, who of course was a marvelous composer, And a long-standing member of the Count Basie Orchestra and one of the most distinctive voices of the tenor saxophone celebrated his birthday anniversary today. I'm talking about Frank Foster. It's a little after midnight now, but uh, September 23rd was also Frank Foster's birthday. And this is a piece of music. This is his own tune. And he's more than ably backed up here by... Billy Green on piano, Richard Davis on bass, and the incredible Elvin Jones on drums. And this is Frank's composition, dedicated to someone of his acquaintance, and it's called Raunchy Rita. Happy birthday, Mr. Foster. <laughs> mm you. She must have been quite a lady. That was called Raunchy Rita. And that was a composition by a gentleman who, along with John Coltrane, was celebrating a birthday anniversary today, a great saxophonist by the name of Frank Foster. And we heard Frank performing with Billy Green at the piano, Richard Davis on bass, and the great Elvin Jones on drums. And Frank's composition... Ranchi Rita. Another person that celebrated a birthday on the 23rd was none other than Ray Charles. And we're going to hear a special performance with Ray uh, to close the show this evening. And he plays alto saxophone on here. A lot of people don't know that Ray was pretty formidable on that instrument. And then we're going to hear him uh, on piano as well. And also electric piano. And he performs here with Milt Jackson on Vibes, Kenny Burrell on guitar, Percy Heath on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And this is a Ray Charles composition entitled X Ray Blues. A small tribute to a great musician, singer, performer, Ray Charles, and this was, uh, he loved this stuff, uh, these albums that he did with Mill Jackson, uh, where he got a chance to uh, not sing, but uh, play the piano, and occasionally the alto saxophone, and uh, we heard him on both on this particular piece of music, and we... Also heard Milt Jackson, the great Milt Jackson on vibes. Kenny Burrell on guitar and Percy Heath on bass and Arthur Taylor on drums. And that was a piece of music by Ray Charles, a blues riff entitled X-Ray Blues. Well, that's it for another edition of The Jazz Show. We have one more Monday for this month, and uh, we shall be back next Monday. We start this show every, every Monday on CITR at 9 p.m. So if you can uh, join us for a while, great. If you can join us for the whole show, that's wonderful too. And we hope that uh, whichever part of the show you listen to uh, this evening, you enjoyed it, and uh, we shall return in a week's time. So take care on behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, and radio station CITR-FM 101.9, or for live streaming, www.citr.ca. And we'll see you down the road in seven days' time next Monday. Take care. Bye-bye. (laughs)
0: ba du Doom di do